0: Hey y'all, what's going on? Ever wanted to host your own talk show host or be a radio station personnel looking for a fun and easy place to do all those things? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free for $1. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with the no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'll see you there. So yeah, y'all, sorry, we had to do a part two back up in this joint man my wife was discussing her testimony about uh just uh being depressed man and hey man first of all she's delivered from that so i'm thankful for that man like i said it's been some some great years it's been some trying years man but yeah so back to the story of uh, celeste so you said you were in the bathroom and jada was on the other side of the bathroom and she told you what she
1: said she knew, she knew I was in there. Um, she didn't um, try to f- force a way in or anything, but she said she knew I was in there and I need, she needed to pray. She just immediately knew she needed to pray. She did. Um, I don't know how long she was down there. She doesn't even remember how long she was down there. Mm. Um, but she just knew. She put her hands on that door, she got down on her knees, and she prayed. Um, and then when I realized that the door was actually the lock that I had locked, the door was, was broken. Um, she, I knew I had locked the door, and I wasn't going to be able to get out, but for some reason, the door opened from her side, and she was able to let me out. Um, so, but the key was um, in that moment. Hold on. Was,
0: no, no, no. No. Oh. See?
1: I know. I know. I try not to slide past stuff, I, like I was telling you. No, no, no. Husband, it's not
0: that. It's not It's not even that you slip past anything. It's more. Or it's more so that I think we even when we read the Bible, we just read stuff, yeah. or we just go through stuff, and we don't look at the details of it. So you went in to go be isolated, mm-hmm. and you locked the door. Yeah, knowing that when you locked the door, what was going to happen when you locked the door? Oh, my intentions was to be in there and be
1: and die
0: right but but now that you said you came to your senses mm-hmm. um, after you said you saw what appeared to be the roof was off of the bathroom uh, yeah, ceiling
1: it was a whole celestial fight in the ceiling in the sky
0: <laughs> okay so now you, you come to your senses and you want to get out the bathroom
1: yeah, I'm, I was. Uh, yeah, when it came to my senses, I was ready to so go. So now you're trying out. to get.
0: So you <laughs> couldn't. So so what was wrong with the lock? Like what? How was it broke or? Yeah,
1: like if for some reason, when I went to go unlock the door, mm-hmm. the lock wouldn't turn. You know those old school. I don't know, it's not like that's not old school. Like the regular little locks that have the um little turn piece on the inside of the door. Yeah. Like the little round locks that has a little long little piece in the middle. And you turn it either up or you turn it to the side, it turns the side, it locks, and turn it up, it unlocks. Yeah, it yeah. So I wanted to go turn it and then open the door, and the door wouldn't open. So I turned it the other direction and tried to open the door, and the door wouldn't open. I could not get this door open from my side of the door. Uh-huh. Um. Now, normally with those kind of locks, you need a key to open the other side of the door to let somebody out, right? Yeah. If the door is truly locked. Right. And the door from my side was truly locked, but she just turned it off and the door. Mm. So I don't know if it was being held up or if it was just—I don't know. It was weird because I know I was trying to like open this door, and it was like I should have been able to just turn the thing and open the door. But
0: but she was able to open it. She was was
1: able to open the door with no key
0: on the side where you shouldn't be. On the side that that
1: was supposed to need a key. So you know, truly, um, it's so funny. I was just telling my husband in the break here that um, I actually haven't talked about the extent of this story mm-hmm. since me and Jada sat down afterwards and were like, "Yo, what, what happened?"
0: <laughs> like, what so yeah, so that's that, that. So that is what I want to get to too. It's like, so now she opens the door. Right, mm-hmm. and you said that you were your pants were covered in blood mm-hmm. and the floor was covered in blood mm-hmm. okay so now she opens the door and what is the first thing she says to you that you remember
1: well <laughs> she looked down and was like did you fall and I was like why would that be the first thought <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a lot of blood that had fallen I mean you would be checking my head or something but she's like did you fall and my answer was I mean I sat down, but I didn't necessarily fall. (laughs) I don't know why that was my answer, but it was Mm. I sat down, but I didn't necessarily fall. So she's looking around, like, my body. Like, she's walking around me at this point to see where the blood was coming from. Mm. And, of course, you know, it came from a a now closed wound. Mm. And so when I kept telling her it was my arm, she's like, girl, how strong of a drink did you have? Like, (laughs) this could not have come from your arm Mm. um but she saw then she didn't even she said she didn't even notice the knife she didn't even notice it No. so you know I um I always wondered about that like how she didn't see it in my mind it was obvious um from where I was sitting next to the sink um it would have been you're officer. she said she didn't see it um but again mind you the only real light in the room would have been the window for me but when you open the door from the upstairs you could see in the room hmm. but you would only see as far as the door was open you wouldn't see it still would have been blind spots so um so it was it was something that just you kind of can't you like Especially because I was drinking before this happened, mm. you try to kind of knock it off as okay, you was tripping. Right. I don't know really how far you was tripping, but you were tripping.
0: Um, so she said she was, didn't see the knife. Was the knife not there?
1: She just said she didn't see it. I don't know that she was necessarily looking for a knife. That's the other half of this. Okay. I don't think she was assuming. So what was the, the knife at? Do you remember? Well, when I sat down and slipped my wrist, the knife was beside me by the sink at the base of the sink
0: so when you opened the door and you walked out she didn't come all the way inside the bathroom no, no, no. So, okay, so maybe she just so didn't maybe see. she just didn't okay, miss
1: okay. right that's what I'm saying she could have just not seen it okay um but it definitely was something that impacted our friendship at a deeper level um and at that moment I understood prayer in a different way and it actually caused me to begin to pray um, which I know for you was a big deal because actually that's how I was able to assist you in <laughs> making it into the kingdom. So um, um, prayer for me was a big deal after that. Um,
0: yeah, because I look at the chain. I was talking to uh, to your brother. Um, I was talking to Minister Al and I was telling him on the, um, the first podcast me and him did before he became a co host I was saying man you know i watched you for over a year now and what i mean is that i've only been with the ministry for a little over a year and um i was telling him you know i, I watched you pray your brother and your sister in them in, meaning that i wasn't there when you prayed them in but i know you prayed them in and i'm watching you now for my year was of being in the ministry you know what i'm saying i watch what you have accomplished what god has accomplished by using you as a vessel yeah. And I'm watching, I'm seeing your brothers and your sister, which is my wife, which is you, mm-hmm. in the ministry. So I was like, yo, that's just amazing, man. Cause you know, I said I watched you, you know, you pray, which your 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 sister in, your brothers in, and your sister's the one that got me in. You know, and you got your sister in. So it's like I'm 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 looking back and I'm seeing the need the importance and the chain of prayer. Yeah. Because with that, man, it's like I said before, and like we've been taught, that your salvation is not just for you. Your salvation actually isn't for you at all. Your salvation is for someone else. Yeah. You to get saved is for someone else. And I think a lot of people have... That's how you get a lot of believers and Christians who... Completely are misguided and just lost when it comes to their walk as a believer because the first thing you have to realize is that everything you're doing at this moment is really not for you no more. The things you have done, you're doing, is not for you. You're, you know, your studying, your testimonies, it's not for you. Oh, yeah. Your prayer, your, your sacrifice, your fasting, that's not for you. Absolutely. The life that you have lived, the promises that you have been given. Is only because and only can you really get those promises and can they be fulfilled when you have absolutely decided that your life is not your own anymore. Absolutely. Because it's like a given trade. Before you can receive the promise that God has promised you, you have to promise him to do what he has as of you as a believer, which is give your life back to him. Because once you give your life back to him, now... He can use that. It's like an exchange. It's like money. It's like currency. He can use that now. Spiritual is a spiritual law. When you give your life back to Christ, Absolutely. it's like giving him money in a sense. I say because I'm gonna use a carnal uh, example for people who might not completely understand what I'm saying. But it's like you're giving him a, um, a deposit or 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 some type of value. That now because you have given him this Spiritually what he can do is He can now use that To go grab and pay somebody else with it Yeah So it's like okay I give you My life father I give you my life God And with that he says Now because you have given me your life And you've truly done that You've truly given me this value Now I can use this Currency To go Buy Another soul Meaning I can use this currency to Inherit Another believer Now I can't He will give you He will give you um, Free will God does not mess with free will Of course the people that I've called Everybody has a call but the people who Answer the call Have to have the will and the want to uh, Receive that type of Um Love and that type of um, Relationship with God So with that being said is that First that has to be a thing You have to want that You have to be willing to do that Now, Right, not only (laughs) just that But now what he can do like I said before Is that when you give your life to Christ And when you give your life to God Now he can use that as a currency Now spiritually by law he can say Well now because Mario or because Celeste has given their life to me now i am allowed to use that as a value and currency to bring in john doe and uh, uh sierra miss you know mm-hmm. to into the kingdom and he has died for our sins he died for our sins the
1: ultimate currency
0: yeah the right. ultimate currency he died for our sins
1: mm-hmm.
0: and but I it's just like we all do the same right but it's just yeah. like it's just like buying a house you, you bought a house you bought land but you still have to pay the mortgage yeah so he bought us you know he died for our sins but it still has to be a price to pay the same way we have to pay a price to have and receive certain things we're still I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that to inherit certain things of the kingdom there's a price to pay and the price 9 out of 10 is going to be with stuff that we hold dear to us which has value God has to remove what you consider to be valued and replace it with what he knows is valued for your life and what's going to be valued for the next person that's going to be used or come in from you giving the life. So it's, it's it when you think about it, it's almost kind of, now I don't want to say scary, but it's almost like, man, if, if you really understood how that worked, how that chain of command worked, how that chain of um love work how that chain of prayer works is we're really depending on each other Absolutely. in a way where it's almost like man like what you do and how you pray and how you believe
1: affects me affects me in You're a right. way
0: and it's is, is a lot deeper and that's why i think the enemy is good at trying to separate people he loves to do that because if he can separate you if he can keep you in division and divided. That he can keep you from understanding and truly seeing spiritually why it's important to have brothers and sisters in christ oh, yeah. and why it's important not even if they're not brothers and sisters in christ but to understand spiritually what that means when you give your life to god so that way you can get those who are unbelievers into the into the uh, kingdom. Oh, yeah but yeah i was just saying that to say i was going back because like i said it was just interesting how You know, Minister Al pray for you and and your brothers, and then you pray for me, and you see the chain of command. And now I might have to pray for somebody to get in, which I'm praying for a lot of people, you know. But um, it's gonna be that one specific person that's gonna really need to be in the ministry, and not only in the ministry, but with the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of God. And the thing that with that is that you have to have trust and know that I might not ever see it happen. Absolutely. I might not I ever see it. Yeah, I might not ever see it happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: tired of praying, Lord. I'm tired of being dead. But, uh,
0: but you have to have trust <laughs> and you have to know that that's part of uh, prophecy as well is that God will fulfill what He has promised, but don't mean that we got to see it.
1: Absolutely. You
0: can't put a time, that's one thing. You don't can't mean put he a time. can't
1: take your name off of right. somebody else if you don't want
0: to listen. Right, that too. So it's it's a, it's a lot to it, man. But um so. You said that Jada prayed for you on the other side of the door. Going back to what you were saying. So mm-hmm. She prayed for you. So now she gets up. She says she see the blood. Mm-hmm. So the blood is there. Yeah. The blood is on the floor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now what? You told her that you tried to commit suicide. She torture.
1: was trying to figure out where the blood came from. Um, I think I was still so shocked at what I'm like still trying to process what had happened mm-hmm. that I didn't really I honestly she was asking me a bunch of questions I don't know what I fully answered to them but yeah. I do remember her asking me if I had fallen and I said I didn't necessarily I hadn't necessarily fallen right um but I never told her what I did do <laughs> at that moment I don't think I did um but it was just she kept trying to find where this blood came from like I need people to understand it was not no little bit of blood it was a lot of blood Uh. so um, she was really trying to figure out where it had come from so she actually walked around me um, for a second when I came up the stairs I mean I had to go to the bathroom and change my pants because my pants was covered in blood Um, or my shorts I should say but um, so it just it was one of those moments where I don't even think I could have fully explained that if I wanted to Mm. (laughs) at that moment it was just that intense Um, and that personal even um, not even just the intensity of it it was the personal moment where you you had to recognize I mean in my sober state Mm. um, the Lord literally reached down his hand and saved me that day Mm. like he literally like this was a miraculous event this was not some small thing that you can just sweep under the rug as if it didn't happen. Um, I, honestly, I'm, I'm not really um, one to talk about a lot of the things that I've um, experienced in the supernatural realm just because for a lot of years, um, the few times that I did when I was a lot younger.
0: But well, I was going to say this too. 'Cause I, I I you know man, me and you talk a lot. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna talk off the podcast about some stuff I wanna do with you in the future. Mm-hmm. But um um yeah, so kinda try to save some of that stuff that you was about to save for another time. Okay. So but I kinda stick to Yeah, thing. um
1: so it it just I didn't really talk about this a lot. Um just because you know it's real interesting. It's hard to wrap your head around, even sober. I'm still trying to wrap my head around all that happened that night. Um, and it happened with me. Um, I don't I never say it happened to me because I do believe that um that was a moment where the Lord left a nugget in my life.
0: Amen.
1: To say, you know, I'm real and I need you to really get on this journey to trust me, you know, kinda like right. when he knocked Paul off the horse. Now, unlike Paul, it took me 10 more years to still unfurl the ball because I was just, you know, hard-headed. But, um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But I, I do know that um, in that moment, um, which I wasn't really able to even share until like a, a little while later, but um, in that moment, I realized that I wasn't meant to die. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I still didn't know why I needed to live, But I was very sure that I did not need to die. Um, And all that the Lord has been able to do um, through my life since then, some of it I still can't even believe. You know, it's just like, wow. But um, And I know that there's even more that the Lord will have me do um, for his kingdom and for his people. Um, But just to know um like I tell my teacher all the time my my goal in life is to reach that person that's at that stage where they're holding that knife amen um to reach that person that really feels invisible to reach that person that feels like they have no hope and they have no one um and to be that encourager to be that that light when it's so dark on the inside that you can't seem to
0: See, See. and so now, okay, so we went through that was that was like one of the main testimonies. That's not everything, yeah. But that was one of the main testimonies. So, you know, we went through the the, through the uh, you went through the time where you were depressed and you tried to commit suicide. So now, fast forwarding, yeah. Okay, so now fast forwarding to um, a couple years later, so me and you meet and. Of course, we have uh, our oldest son, which is Elias.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, We got three kids, by the way. We have Elias, we have Isai, and we have Amaria. All three of them beautiful kids. Very intelligent. Very smart. I love you, Bugs. Yeah. They all... (laughs) Some of them... Well, one looks like... Isai looks like you. He looks like me a little bit, but Isai looks more like you. Elias looks more like me. Yes. and then Amaria we still decided because it depends on like, what
1: day it is she looks she, like both of us <laughs> yeah cause she still,
0: she's still only a couple months so we're gonna find out soon though but um so fast forward so now as a woman of God now and where you're at now and one of the first questions I asked you at the beginning of, of the uh, episode was you know what is it like to be a woman of God and be married to a man of God what are some benefits and, and you know what were some of the struggles um, you had with uh being married to a man of God and as being a woman of God. What, what, what? We had yeah,
1: no struggles. Yeah, was no struggles. Great. Oh man, it was
0: you tell it it was a lot. Amazing. You know, we don't lie on this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> no line on this podcast.
1: <laughs> no. Oh man. Um, I think to be honest, if I hadn't known what I prayed for. I probably want to pray for it. I wow. Well, what did you? Yeah. no really I prayed that your mind was open that you would be stepping into a state of authority that you would be able to think soberly that you would be Mm. able to know your purpose and your call that you would be able to lead our family that you would be able to be truly in a you know in a state where you were able to lead us properly to be able to teach my sons how to be men to teach them how to be better than you know your absent fathers or you know how your absent father was, even be better than yourself, you know, to be able to help you to think clearly to, mm-hmm. you know, have vision and purpose and, you know, be better you know, be better with finances because we both sucked at it at the time, I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, to be able to sow into the kingdom for you to be able to be in service with me because at that time, I was starting to serve, but you you hadn't quite been in the kingdom yet, so it wasn't it was a tug of war in some ways. Um, and there were a lot of days where that was hard. Um, but once you got into the kingdom, whew, when I say it went from zero to 100 for me, it went from like zero to 100. It was like you went from, you know, I could care less if I go to church or not to, we gotta be there every service, we need to be on time, we need to be early, we need to make sure the kids look like something, we need to make sure you look like something, like does what I look like, you know, is it is it good, and it wasn't because he wanted everybody to look at you, but because he wanted to make sure that your outfit even was in service to God, like mm-hmm. it, like your dedication to just being obedient and yeah. hearing the word and all of that, it it yeah, because does we're... something. As a woman of God. Mm-hmm. Who was saved. Sanctified. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Knew what the word said. It challenged me. Because at that point. In my mind. I was spiritually leading this household. I was spiritually. Covering us. And praying. And reading the word. And studying and crying. And going before the Lord. Um, and then you just woke up. And you saw the light, Caroline, and went there for you quickly. Mm -hmm. And so it actually challenged me. Mm -hmm. Because I had to then redirect my energy. I had to redirect my, I had to go back into my proper position. Mm -hmm. And being out of position affects your mindset about things. And it affects how you move, it affects how you do things, it affects your decision making. Um, And so it actually caused resentment. Because now everybody's like, well, man, you got this awesome man of God. Everybody is so excited about your testimony and how you went from being an alcoholic to being sober and serving with pastor and this and the third. And now everybody's looking at me like, well, what are you doing? Because if he's stepping up that fast, where are you going? You know, where where are you doing this? or Are you serving the man of God correctly? And this and the third. And, and you know, some of it was genuine. Some of it was just people being nosy. But you got to filter that, too, you know, because those things can affect your mind um when it's all coming from quote unquote church people right
0: right you know
1: the same people that you serve with how does that look to you because they have immediately placed this man on this you know spiritual pedestal um even though he just gave his life to Christ and he's he just realized that where he was and I'm gonna say
0: this it's not that him. it's not that you're placing someone on a spiritual pedestal I think what it is is when you have someone, and and because I can say this because I know my heart towards God, I know my heart towards ministry and just doing what's right by God. I'm not perfect by far. None of us are. But the thing is, when I love and I say I'm dedicated and I'm loyal to something, I do a, my best to give it a hundred percent.
1: Absolutely.
0: Even if I don't like some things, I still give my best. And the worst thing I'm gonna do if I'm either is is if either I'm angry, I don't understand, or I'm not sure, or if I do understand and I see and it requires me to, I will be. But the worst thing you're gonna get from me is I'm gonna be quiet. I'm not gonna say nothing. Until I and I and I, and I feel like that's and, and we got taught about that today, is that um being silent is a weapon so to me I always knew that I had no problem being silent because I was a person I always stayed myself but going back to what you were saying was that you felt like they spiritually put me on a pedestal I some was, people
1: did I'm like, not saying everyone well, did but I think to some degree some people saw the shift for you and mm-hmm. idolized it as if this was just a pattern of behavior that I, I somehow had attributed to and, and actually to some degree at one point someone had even asked me well what do I do to help my husband do what your husband did um, like as if I could just go in the kitchen and cook up you know like make it like a cupcake and well, then suddenly this man can do what he needs to do and this, this is what I
0: was about to say you can't do is that, that. What, happened, what happened was Yeah. and this is why like I said earlier when it comes down to it and when I was talking about God and how he uses us as currency. Um, But I also said that we have to have the will to want to do. I had the will to want to change. And I had the will in the heart to want to do what was right um, per God, per what the word has said that we are supposed to be. And one thing that I have always, um, I used to to think that it was a uh, weakness but now I see that it's a very strong is a very strong, uh, uh, is a very strong um, addition to being a believer, which is love, and that was the thing that got me when I decided to give my life to Christ. That made me, I guess, appear to be um, needed to be put on a pedestal. Not only the fact that I was a man, but I was truly...
1: They saw an extreme A man of God. Shift.
0: I changed my thoughts, my way of looking at people and at life completely. Because I really, at this moment and at the time, and still now, but I'm talking about at the moment of what was going on, when you said you put me on the pedestal. Right, right. Was that I really was aiming to please God. I was really aiming to be as I guess you could say perfect as possible, close to um, being fully um, everything that God has called us and said that we are to be as a man of God. I won't play no games. I'm still in no games. Like I really wanted, I wanted these things and I still pray for the, 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 the things that I need to work on because my thing is this. And this is uh, keeping it at 100. Why in the whole world? Why in the whole wide world? Why in a ham sandwich? I cannot. I'm sorry. Why? Why would anyone, any person, any man, any woman, why would you spend so much time and energy and dedication to being phony? That is a waste of of time Absolutely. and a waste of energy. Absolutely. You are better off if you're not serious about what you're doing when you get saved and you say that you are a man or a, or a woman of God, you are better off just go ahead and do what you're going to do. You might as well because trying to act like you're saved, trying to go to church and look like you're saved, that's one thing about me, man. I don't do the fake for nothing. Mm-hmm. If I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. I'm a man of God but I tell you what you know if I feel like my praise is gonna be at that moment or at that time phony or fake or I'm just doing it because this is what everybody else is doing or you know to look a certain way then you you, that's not true praise anyway you're just you're just wasting energy and time if you're doing that just to look a certain way or for people to think that you are a certain way you're wasting your time but why in the world would you yeah why in the world would you continue into Get up every Sunday and whatever other days you got to go to church. Why would you put so much energy and time into doing something when you know that you really don't want to do it and you're not committed to doing it? Nobody's putting a gun to your head until you to do anything. You can go do a million other things. But why? Why waste your time and play with salvation? Why? Why not go play? They don't, they don't really why? Want. Right. But why not go play and act like you are a, a singer. If you want to act like you something, go well, act like you can sing. Go get you a, somebody that, oh, can, give you, that can give you some singing lessons that can help. Get you a fake manager that can help put you some fake shows together. Waste your time on that, but why act and play with salvation? For what? Why waste your time? Why? Because you don't
1: understand it in reality. You don't understand how severe but,
0: and that is. That's what I'm saying, and my thing was this, and this is why I'm going back to my point, is that with me, what I, what I said I was going to do was I wasn't going to play no games. I wasn't going to waste no time. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this for real. If Absolutely. I'm going to give my life to Christ, then Lord, only thing I ask is that you show me some things that are, you know, just out of this world amazing about myself, about this journey that I'm going to take, about being able to help others. Like, other than that, I just want to be completely and 100% Align with you and be in your will I just I just pray that throughout this journey That I get to see some amazing
1: things So see that's the issue with church people And so that's kind of really why, it, so, why I kind of brought it up that way is Because right. one of the things About you is that you serve Wholeheartedly and it's just your It's just your heart But what happens um, And this goes back to I think One of the other podcasts you all did about church hurt One of the things that is so Dangerous um, and that even I had to be aware of is that perception is a lot of people's reality. And so, even though you were not in the thought process of, I'm perfect and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm seen and I'm, you know, I'm so great, what other people see as power and authority mm-hmm. when you decide to truly lay down your life and follow Christ, people see that as some kind of like, be-all, end-all, amazing, like, hat-trick, as if this is something I can just, you know, wave a wand and it'll happen for me. But it doesn't show the real work that it took for you to create the testimony that allowed you to have the the clearance and access to the authority that God gave you. Because with that access comes a responsibility that is only bred through that pain and that labor in the Word and in your study and in your servitude and in your... You know, yeah. unjustified hurts and things like that that have happened in your life, and so I think for a minute there, people just saw the shift and not the work that it took to create that shift. And that's why, that's, and where and that's why, sir, that God show me yeah.
0: something amazing, and to me, amazing. I didn't mean I wanted to see because I had to clear this up because I've been here for But when I said show me something amazing, I wasn't saying God show me the angels and the demons fighting in the sky. <laughs> show me, show me, let me bust my head open and let me see an angel come down from the sky and patch my head up. And let me take a picture, and let me get him it in the picture a picture so I can put it on YouTube. No, I said, show me something. <laughs> I mean, God, show me that I could overcome um, being an alcoholic. Yeah. Show me that I can overcome um, having any um, fear. Show me that I can overcome and show me something amazing when it comes to me. Um, changing my character and the way I respond to people even when they're being uh, unmannerly and rude and acting unbecomingly towards me so a long story short when I was saying show me something amazing I was saying God show me what true love is
1: but for me I think what what part of my journey with that mm. was that um, I actually experienced quite a bit of um What could have been church hurt, honestly, Mm. what would because of your sincerity and because other people weren't willing to really see it for what it was, or maybe they couldn't see it for what it was. Mm. Um, and I, on the back end, (laughs) as your spouse, then began to get um, some necessary heat from the spirit that says hey if your husband leveled up you gotta level up too mm-hmm. and um, and also to the process of going back into position so I wanted to talk about that for a second because it's so key as women I really um, if you are a man of God and you have a woman of God that seems like they are just bumping heads with you all the time we not trying to <laughs> Like we not trying to all the time well not all of us are, are trying to what happens when women get out of position? It's like a bone out of joint. And if you've ever dislocated a bone, I've done it a couple of times, mm-hmm. but anytime you dislocate a bone, you always notice that the doctor puts pressure on that space and rotates that that joint back into place. Mm-hmm. That's extremely painful. If anybody's ever experienced that, it's extremely painful. Um, but the reason why that has to be reset is because if it if, if it stays that way out of joint, you'll heal improperly, mm-hmm. and then it will be beyond just having to rotate and reset. You'll have to break that thing, mm-hmm. and and then and then cause uh, allow it to heal. Mm-hmm. And so spiritually, what I'm saying that did for me as a spouse is when he got in line, that put me out of position because I was trying to hold his position and my position as a wife in um, the spiritual covering of our household when that's not my space mm-hmm. and so when you got in line I didn't know how to function for a while because I had been functioning out of order and for when,
0: so long and I, I want to clear this up too because I don't want anyone to think that what she says that she was uh, holding my position and her position I what she said spiritually yeah, yeah. Cause I was, keep in mind, I was always going to work. I worked, I worked, and made very good money. Actually, um, actually, yeah, yeah
1: he provided. Oh, yeah. So I was a provider, Absolutely.
0: and all those things that most women say that they wanted a man. But what she's saying is spiritually, I wasn't, um, being I wasn't able to provide spiritually what needed to be provided for the home as a man, as a priest of the home, because I wasn't saved. So, it was. right, right.
1: Um, and so. Um, let's get cleared up. Thank you. Um, but um, spiritually, I was out of place, and so when you got in place, I didn't know how to function, and it made me um appear to be a little lost mm. at in some places. Um, and it actually caused me to have to do a real heart check because I began to resent, you know, when some when a man is in right order and he's in real spiritual authority. Mm oh, women, submission is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good thing because really submission is just power under control. Not to say that you don't have all the power in the world to be great and do things and all of that. But that power has to be harnessed properly as a person who's called to be a help me. Yeah. You're not called to take the shots and 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 run the run the show. That's not that's not your call. Um, but to be called to be a helpmate is such an amazing role because it allows you to see beyond you know the everyday. It allows you to pray effectively. It allows you to be like you know um, the eyes and ears you know kind of for your man of God. It allows you to have all of the strength and the skill sets in in the spirit that God has given you to be effective in ministry, but still be able to hear um, and be led. Mm. Um, and I think that's the part as women of God that we struggle with because there are not a lot of men in church, especially if you're a single woman, um, you know, waiting on a man of God. Um, you have to know that, um, Attach yourself to your pastor Who can spiritually cover you And show you the how to be led right. Because when that man of God comes If you haven't learned How to be led You're going to bump heads Like You're right. going right. to really bump heads Because you won't understand How to control and harness your power mm. You won't understand how to Be subject to someone else With all that God Has given you because ultimately, the man holds the vision.
0: Right. He holds the order. And like, and like we was talking about earlier yeah. on our way home from um, eating out today, which thank you again for my Father's Day present. I got, I got to say that real quick, man. She gave me some of the most amazing presents, man. Today,
1: <laughs> I love my
0: wife, man. I got a new computer, a streaming computer. I got a new camera to stream, man. So I'm excited, y'all. She really, and I got some smell goods. It smells so good, man. But I can't. <laughs> And I got to eat. I got to fill my belly today, so I feel like a big old kid right now, man. <laughs> but thank you, baby.
1: Praise God.
0: But um, um, what I was saying. So, like, we was talking on my on our way home when we was driving home from eating today, and we were talking about um, I know I'm just a little bit off from what you were saying, but um, for what I asked you, I'm sorry. But and we were talking about how I was saying that the authority of the man is not complete unless him and his wife are equally yoked and on the same page and the reason being is because the wife is the support and Mm -hmm. if you look at anything that's the support anything that helps the foundation I don't care if you look at a house a house can go through a tornado And the the tornado can rip off the doors, bust out the glass, take off the roof, all these things, right? But the foundation is still there. Mm -hmm. Um, A tree, same thing with a tree. It grows, and it grows, and it grows branches and leaves and all these things. And all these things come off the tree. But when you cut it, the foundation of that tree, the root, is still, you have to dig deep to get that thing out. But it's down there in the ground. Oh, yeah. And so I say this to say that a lot of people and a lot of women and a lot of men, when it comes to the woman, especially the woman of God, don't get confused and think that the woman of God is less than you. Mm-hmm. when God said that he gave us dominion, he didn't say he gave us dominion over the woman. He said he gave men dominion over the earth. Absolutely. And he didn't say over the woman. Then he also said he gave men, the male, authority over the woman. Now, with that being said, to have authority over anything first you have to learn to be under authority Absolutely. and with that being said is what I'm saying to you is that me being under authority is me being under the authority of God Absolutely. which means that there has to be another man of God who has yielded himself which will be our pastor yielded himself and has had the years of experience as a man to stand and hold that position over me as a grown man for him to say man not even for him to say but him for him to just be in position because you can't tell somebody else that, hey i should be and have authority over you okay. when you really truly have authority and you've been anointed through god to do something you don't have to take that route. You don't have to say that. You don't have to remind people that this is who you are and this is the position of title that you hold. Absolutely. It comes natural because of who you are and what you represent. And it also is almost as if like, let me get up under you. Like, I want to be up under you. Let me do that. Let me, you know, let me help you with this. And it becomes natural. But back to what I was saying is that what we was talking about on the way home is that the woman is what gives the man the complete authority because if not then think about it when Adam said it was the woman that you gave me when God asked him what happened when they ate of the forbidden fruit of the tree ate off the fruit uh, ate off the tree of uh, good and evil and he said well it was the woman so he gave some authority away when he did that right yes he did absolutely So when he did that, he gave some of his authority away. And then like we was taught that the woman gave her authority away to Satan. When you look at that, you have to think, well, first of all, okay. So the man had the authority, right? No, it wasn't just him. When God said, it's not good for man to be alone. You have to understand that God said that... He didn't say why. That's true. He never said why it wasn't good for man to be alone. But remember, this is what he said before... He said he was going... He put Adam to sleep. And took and made woman from Adam's rib. Which was Eve. He never said why it was good for man to be alone. He just said it it wasn't good for man to be alone. He never said why it wasn't. That's true. But what he did... And this is what you have to look at Is the action that happened When he said that And what he did after he said that So what he did after he said It wasn't good for man to be alone Was he made the woman So now you have to stop right there So it's not good for man to be alone And he makes the woman Mm -hmm. So okay now he makes the woman So now he has authority He has some type of authority Right. But he only got the authority once God made the woman. It's the woman that completes the authority. Amen to that. It's the woman that completes the authority. You cannot... That's why you have to have your help And that's why marriage is so important to God. Because for you to truly walk in the authority as a man of God, you have to have the woman there as your support. She, she measures up. She helps provide A big piece of chunk Of balance That helps provide you The authority That you need to walk in And without that You cannot walk fully In the authority That you have been called To walk in As a man of God Every man Every woman Has A husband Or a wife Here Now Whether or not You find them Or whether or not You have had them And you've gotten divorced Or whatever the case may be I don't know But he said that it's not good for man to be alone. He never said why it wasn't good for man to be alone. But he also created woman after he said that. And he said that man had authority. So I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to let you go ahead and finish what you were saying. You forgot what you were saying? Did you?
1: No, I mean, um, I think that um, that's really good, too. Um, Definitely when it comes to the authority aspect of it, though, I definitely think that I don't know if it's necessarily that I I think that it would be that the woman carries the authority. No, 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 no. I think that it 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 doesn't fully activate the man's authority until he has to lead someone. That's um, what I'm
0: saying. Yeah. So I,
1: saying. I I definitely okay. I, I think I'm witching it. I'm witching it. So I I definitely agree with you on that yeah. one. Um, and I see how um a lot of times how easily um. How easily women can be really conflicted, and I think that's really why, um, like the lesbianism and things like that, um, really become a problem because you're out of position.
0: They want authority. And when
1: you're out of position, it just
0: jurisdiction.
1: When exactly when you're out of your spiritual just you're out of your spiritual positioning, it leaves not just you open, but everyone attached to you is now open. Um, and so you're leaving collateral damage all over the place because you're out of order. Um, and so I found I, I experienced that in my own life is it affected relationships in other places because I was out of order. And then when I came in order, those relationships, um some of them disappeared because they were only okay when I was, you know, running things and doing things my way and not listening and not, you know, being hard-headed and stubborn because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to admit, but it's, you know, a lot of us women were really stubborn um, and really hard-headed, but, um, <laughs> but um, when I really realized, um, and I even had to repent um, to my husband uh, recently is when it really just hit me how far out of order I had gotten. Um, before and how much that damaged our relationship and how difficult it was for us to get back into the right flow of things and then how to get back into being able to serve together without it being conflict, um, even being able to communicate even just regular conversation and communicate properly because it was always a tug of war. Um, and he kept saying, you know, my husband would say to me all the time, you're just trying to control things. You're just trying to you're trying to run stuff and you're not going to run things in here. That's not how it works. And I would get all bent out of shape and be like, I'm really not trying to lead. I'm not trying to run anything. I don't want to run anything. Um, but what my pastor taught us recently was so good is that I actually was existing in a place of fear. Um, In my relationship and in my spiritual walk, because I didn't understand how to step back into my proper role. And I felt as if that proper role left me without control Mm. of my own life. But you have to, as a woman of God and as a help you have to be able to relinquish that control to the man you you decide is going to be your husband because God doesn't assign husbands. He assigns pastors, but he doesn't assign past- He doesn't assign husbands and wives. We choose those. Mm. And so if you choose him to be your spiritual covering, your man of God, your household leader, you then choose to submit to him good, bad or indifferent, mm. whether he, you know, bamboozled you and lied to you and, you know, tricked you into it. You still chose
0: him. So would you
1: so what would Which you say? Not my case. I chose him and we, we were wholeheartedly in this relationship. I don't want to make anybody. Confused. So, I was not so what
0: would you say? Like so what are some <laughs> so what are some benefits to having um a godly marriage to you? Like what are some
1: Oh my god. We don't have time for that conversation. Lord the okay, but the biggest the biggest two things that I think are the most amazing about being in a spiritual relationship is that it gives you the freedom to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you're not fighting. You're not you're covered properly. Your mind is at ease. If he's in the right position and he's finally doing what he needs to be doing as a man of God, you don't have to worry about trust. You don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to be You know reverting back tomorrow or if he gonna stop going to church or he gonna leave you know leave you leave the ministry leave the kids leave something you don't feel that anxiety of being unsure when you have a man of god that's in his proper position and i'm not saying a perfect person i need that to be clear everybody's gonna have a flaw or two somewhere here or there but he's going to be in position and specifically uniquely designed for you to be able to help him with his vision that the Lord gave him. Your skill sets are going to align with his vision. When that happens, your children, are, your children are at ease. You're at ease. You're able to function properly and if nothing else, it just frees your mind because when you're out of order and when things are out of whack, your mind can't ever settle because you don't you're you trying to function in a role that's not yours. You're trying to function in a role that is yours. And then you're still trying to get this person to be in position. And so you kind of feel kind of crazy for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they get in line, it's just a peace that comes to your life. Um, if you properly submit to that man once he's in position, um, it's a peace that just comes to your life that I I, I don't think I've ever experienced in life. Um, where I can say I'm honestly happy to be married when I've seen so many dysfunctional marriages. Yeah, because we we talked about yeah. Because at one we, point
0: we were at it, like we was we was looking at a divorce at one point, man. Oh yeah. But I, I can honestly say if it wasn't for um, Actually at this point I don't even think then I was kind of. I don't even think I was. Uh fully involved in ministry at that point. Uh-uh. No, I wasn't. So, but yeah, but we was almost, you know, divorced and um I just it I don't know, man, when you it opens up your mind and your eyes as to what a marriage really is because you know, the first thing people will say is that, well, if there's love then you got a marriage. We got laughter, you got money. We
1: loved it. We had a horrible marriage. <laughs> yeah. It was rough.
0: But I, I'll say this, man. I, I definitely understand that it's definitely a um, time and space where you have to take a part of understanding that, oh, we almost did, Man, we almost did. I think this is the longest interview I've done with anybody, Man.
1: man. It's been great, though. I think it's the
0: longest interview. Yeah, this is almost two hours. Oh, my gosh. Actually, you know what? No, yeah, because me and Al, we did four parts, but it was four parts, 30 minutes each. So between the discernment and um, Mindset and discernment, which was one of, our, one of our episodes, that was four parts. And then this one would be the only one that's two hours. But hey, man. So, <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm not. We're going to stop where we stopped at. So... We're going, to, we're going to stop there and I think what we'll do is another time we will continue from where we left off at. I just want to leave y'all with, you know, y'all, we just have to keep in mind that have have thanks in your heart. Be thankful for your spouse. Um, thank God for your man and your woman in God because you know, no matter at the end of the day, man, we all have problems, we all have flaws. But you have to keep in mind that there's no promising to none of us. And I think if we really take that to heart and we really if we really look at the fact that there could be no tomorrow Absolutely. for you or your spouse, or both or the both of you then it would really have you second guess the way that you treat your spouse the way that you uh your patience um and everything else that comes with what God has said that is to be of love absolutely because you know the worst thing you want is that you have an argument with your spouse and then the next thing you know you're getting a phone call saying that they've been in an accident and they didn't make it or You come home and there's a house full of blood and somebody has murdered your spouse. You know, I've heard stories like that. And I think a lot of people don't want to think about stuff like that, but it's reality. I think you should think about it. I think it's something that everybody should think about because if you start thinking about the things you don't want to think about, it'll change your perspective and how you treat people because these are realities. And a lot of these people don't understand, a lot of people don't understand that these people that has gone, the people that have gone through these things and Experienced these things Had the same thoughts and process we did Before it happened day. It was just a regular day It was just a regular day They were arguing They were make up later on that week They would say something or apologize later on that week Maybe it'd be another month Maybe they had a pattern of going months without talking And then a couple months They was going to uh, forgive that, that spouse Or talk to their spouse But you know they don't. They haven't gotten that chance. They will never get that chance. So I say that to say, if you have your spouse, and you know, y'all may might not be at the best um, point of y'all life right now. Y'all might not be on the same page. Just keep in mind that there's no promising for them tomorrow. If you really care about them, if you really care about yourself, the last thing you want to have on your heart. Um, and last thing you want them to have on their hearts, if you really care about them, is unforgiveness.
1: And the greatest
0: of love. So just keep that in mind, man. And I say that to say we're about to head out, y'all. Um, it's been fun, man. You know, it's the first interview with Wifey, so <laughs> I got to, you know, see you as the business wife, not just <laughs> Celeste, my wife, but as the business side of her, and just not even just the business side, but you know, I, I love when we get the opportunities to um, just talk about the word and just um, go over some of the things that we experienced. And that's the great thing about this podcast is that, you know, um, even if we said something that was a mistake—when I mean by that, if we did if we said something that um, was incorrect, it can always be corrected. Absolutely. Um, we're not perfect. If we said anything that you no know, somebody didn't agree with. Apologize we offended you, but you know, it's, it's I like having it real raw, and like I said, man, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, we are here to represent and give testimonies true testimonies Absolutely. about what God has done for our life, man. Absolutely. But until then, I am your man of God, Minister Mario Arrington, and that was my wife, um, Minister Celeste Arrington. Y'all, we love mm-hmm. y'all. God bless. We'll see you next time. Hope y'all enjoy.
1: Good night.